Welcome to SKUcast, the podcast for entrepreneurs in the promotional products industry. SKUcast shines a light on our industry's best work, features maverick personalities, and discusses what's really involved in running a modern promotional products business. SKUcast is the official podcast of Common SKU. Hello, friends. Welcome to a special edition of the podcast. My name is Bobby Lee Hugh, and I'm the Chief Content Officer at CommonSkew. At the PPAI Expo, the industry's largest trade show, Mark Graham, the Chief Platform Officer at CommonSkew, presented a class on podcasting. As a part of the class, we demonstrated the power of podcasting by discussing a topic live. Now, occasionally, when you are podcasting, you'll stumble into a surprising conversation, one that is enriching for everyone, not just the audience, but the host and the guest. And that's exactly what happened in this episode. Our topic was a distributor's unique value proposition. Through this conversation, we discovered insights into how you might discover your own unique voice, not only for podcasting, but also for attracting a passionate and dedicated tribe of customers. We hope you enjoy it. We're live at the PPAI Expo, surrounded by a bunch of folks who should probably be out on the show floor, but uh, they're in here instead pretending to be interested in everything Mark has to say. Well, no one has fallen asleep yet. Yeah, so true. I think we're, we're looking good here, it's although still Justin seems like he's, he's about to nod <laughs> off a little bit here, so you true. need to get that man a beer. True, totally. Our conversation for this episode, a crucial topic facing each and every distributor today creating unique experiences for our customers so that they fall passionately in love with us. Now, I purposefully avoided using the phrase creating a unique value proposition because it's boring and it's lost its meaning. So Mark, I'm gonna, I asked a well-respected distributor once who built a significant multi-million dollar brand. I asked her, did you create your unique business model? Did you carve your path toward your own differentiation? Or did your customers carve that path for you and you followed it? So, Mark, you and Catherine have built a brilliant brand with Right Sleeve. Did your customers create that path for you and you followed it? Or did you say, I'm passionate about this and this is the direction I want to go? That's a tough one. I should have given you these before the podcast. Yeah, and I'll keep it. So what's funny about this, before I answer this question, maybe I'm deflecting here. Um, but a lot, of, a lot of the podcasts that we've done together What's interesting about them is even though there's a lot of research that goes into it, I think there's a lot of depth, a lot of the questions and intros actually come together right towards the last minute. And the reason like we did that, it, I, I just did that. Yeah. Right so I'm not there. deflecting. I, it's right. a good question. I'll answer okay. it, but I have to, that's the way my mind works to yeah. try to, to try to imagine an answer. But, but uh, I think something that you said was that often the very best part of a podcast was the time before you clicked record. Right. And, uh, Anyway, so that's what I think you get with that uh, last minute and, prep. And to give you time to think about that, so I was over here creating these questions in the intro when I should have actually done it last week and sent Mark the information before. Um, as I had asked. As he had asked. Yeah. And of course, you're I not didn't off to a good listen start to on him. your uh, employment with us. <laughs> not, no. So instead, uh, I'm sitting here uh, creating this here, but typically you'd want to give the, the, the guest questions to make sure they're well prepared. I just thought he would be able to hit this out of the park, apparently. Right. Well, you know, I... Uh, Okay, here we go. So I, I think the answer to your question is it's a little bit of both. So when I started Right Sleeve, I was, um, the, 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 the things for me that were um, interesting to me at the time, I was 22 years old, I had very little money to my name, and I was living at my parents' house and working out of the proverbial basement, okay? And the reason 
that I started Right Sleeve was because of two things. Number one, when I was in high school, I remember having a bad experience when I was ordering grad clothing. So I was ordering promotional hats and t-shirts from some company in Toronto, and there was some clueless sales rep that came in with some bad khakis and a bad suit, and, uh, and there was a real disconnect between me and, what, and him in terms of what we were looking for. So I remember it was a bad, bad experience. And he treated me like I was some 17-year-old punk, which I probably was. But I thought, hmm, that wasn't a good experience. The second was that I had gone to summer camp as a kid, and that one of the most exciting times as a camper was the distribution of the clothing that we were given. So I was a camper in the 80s, and I loved the camp that I went to, and I loved the brand. And I just remember that emotional connection. So those are the two things. So against that backdrop, when I got into the business, fast forward a few years later when I was 22, um, I knew that I was passionate about those two things. To A, be better than that cheesy sales guy that was speaking down to me as a 17-year-old high school student. And number two was to find the very best promotional uh, items that would establish this emotional connection with the audience. So for me, that was, that, that was the driving force. I didn't care about anything else. So that's one vote for one of those things. Almost done. But what's interesting is that when I was just starting, I went in, and I think this was one of the smartest things that I did. I made many, many unsmart decisions, but this was a smart one. Um, I went and interviewed a bunch of prospective customers. And so in my case, my market was the school and camp market. That, I was young. I'd had positive and negative experiences in that market, and I felt that there was an opportunity for me to do better there. And so I went out to 10 prospective customers in the school and camp business, and I said, hey, I'm just about to start this promotional clothing company, and can you tell me what's broken with your current vendor relationship? So I wasn't selling them, I was just doing market research. And they told me some very interesting things that allowed me to further um, define my value proposition. And so I think taking those two things, like having a firm opinion as to why you're getting into the business, that's important, because then otherwise you don't stand apart. But I think you also need to listen to your customer, because if you, for instance, want to go and sell um, $500 limited edition hooded sweatshirts to a YMCA, and they're maybe beautiful, people may love them, but if they can't afford them, then you don't have a business. So when they say to you, hey, uh, here's what's broken, but what's really important for us is we need to hit this price point because we need to sell this product for a X margin and our customer demographic comes from this background and this is what we need. You need to listen to that so you can bring the two together. What's, I'd never heard that about the, to your experience getting the camp t-shirt. Um, you know what Johnny Cupcakes didn't say this morning? I thought this was fascinating. Not once did he use the word exclusivity, and yet that's what his entire brand was built around. He's never said the word. And I thought that was beautiful because he didn't get into the business speak that trips us up from creating beautiful experiences and wonderful experiences. He, but he did ask the question. He almost asks it all the time. How do we want our customers to feel? How does I want the customer to feel? And right. in the B2B space, we don't ask that question. We don't ask how do we want our customers to feel. We think in terms of features and benefits and things like that. So investing in the brand. So Johnny Cupcakes asked, he said this, anyone can make a t-shirt, anyone can make products, but what makes you stand out is not what you make, but how you make it. It's the personality you put into it, put yourself out there and risk. And you guys put a lot of yourselves into that, right? There's a reflection of your personality in the brand. 
Well, I think uh, for, for those people that listened to the keynote today, one of the things that I really took from that was this whole concept of um, people not being able to copy your personality very easily. And I loved that. I thought that was great. Yeah. And uh, we're in a business on the distributor side where we all have an account with Leeds, we all have an account with Alpha, we all have an account with Hit. They're all great suppliers. Um, and we all have access to the same things. There's very little that differentiates us when we're trying to sell a can koozie for X dollars, we're all getting it for the same price. And there's always, 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 always someone who's going to sell it cheaper. So I looked at that and said, well, I don't really want to be in that game. That's, that's not the business I want to be in. But then I said, well, um, I'm not everyone's cup of tea, but I don't care about the people who don't think I'm their cup of tea. I care about the people that, um, using the cup of tea analogy, I suppose I, I like the people that um, like the cut of my jib, right? Or like the cut of my company's jib. And because I know that I can build a tribe around those people and I know that I can be honest and vulnerable and put myself out there and they're, uh, it's going to be difficult to copy that personality because that's me and I, I can't copy your personality. I mean, why would I? That would be a, that would be a head <laughs> case. Um, so as a result, that was built into the vision of the company from the very beginning was to create a personality-driven business that would allow us to create a moat around the distributorship so that we were attracting a tribe of like-minded people. That Now, this feeds back into thought leadership. So I could then say things on a podcast that the tribe would find interesting. And my silly, goofy personality, um, and maybe annoying to some, but to some people they seem to like it, um, that's going to resonate. Right. And as I say, if the competition isn't doing a lot of this stuff, then I can build a multi-million dollar business out of it. Yeah. And that's been good business. Yeah. Something interesting that's going on with this whole podcast, too, is that, uh, that we, in the prep time, the more questions you can prepare beforehand, the better. And the more you can, if you have a, a co-host, you can, you can bounce those off of each other. And then what's going on in the conversation, I'm seeing a list of questions. I'm seeing, I'm seeing him chase a thought that's more compelling than what I've got up next. And I want to chase that thought with him. So you may, you may strike questions on the fly. You may be doing a lot. So it's a lot of, he does this intuitively. I have to work harder at, at it. So back to our conversation. I'm a um, 21-year-old, newly hatched entrepreneur. I'm having coffee with you to get your advice, your mentorship, and I ask you this question, should I build my, they don't use the word unique value proposition, but we're gonna use the word UVP, right. it's okay? It's a pretty big word. Yeah, it's, it's a boring word. Yeah, it's boring. I hate the word. Yeah. Should, should I build my UVP around what I love and what I'm passionate about, or merely what customers will pay me for? Oh, it's a great question, but it's also a bit of a dumb question, I think, but. Um, I'm good at those. No, 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 it's not that dumb. Think about it for a minute. I mean, no. you, you are, but I got to get paid. Sure. But you're asking me my opinion as to what I would say to the 21-year-old? Yeah. The former. The former. No questions asked. Because if you do what your customer is asking for you, and, or sorry, what your customer is demanding, then, sorry, is, is that what the second option was? Yeah. Right, right. So you've had this happen, right? Right, Sleeve, I'm sure you had this happen. Were you starting to chase RFPs? Good example, yeah. right? Okay. You're, you're saying, I want to build a brand that I get excited about. I want yeah. to do projects that I love, yeah. work that I love. Yeah. And you get an RFP for 250 to 1,000. Let's say it's a half million dollar RFP for yeah. 
a insurance company? Yep. I will look at it. Um, but if it does not cater to what it is that we are excellent at and yeah. what, what we are best in the market at, okay. then why would we do it? A, it's going to be a lot of work to win it. And B, the terms and conditions of the business relationship may not be favorable to us. Or we may not be optimized to go and handle that particular RFP. Now, you're you don't know that you're good at it until you try a lot of things, right? So this sure. is an evolution. So what we're not experiencing is this, we're getting this leapfrog sort of story, sure. but this is an evolution in your sure. brand. So, so to be fair, when I come down really hard on that, um, when I started at 22, I was doing the latter, right? right. So you're asking right. me, what advice would I give to a 21-year-old given that I've had 17-ish years of experience is that I've made all those mistakes and I've seen that I've made some very profitable decisions by walking away from, the wor from, from business that does not align with our values. Right. And when we chase business that is in alignment with our values, it's amazing. Like we get great margin business. Uh, the business that comes in is wonderful for our uh, employees to service. Mm -hmm. uh, the clients are a joy to work with. And there's a general uh, euphoria around the office, like yeah. when it connects. And, I don't want to have to be dreading a f when some Debbie Downer is calling me and go, oh, gosh, what's wrong with the order? Oh, gosh, they're not paying me on time. Or, oh, gosh, there's some problem because we took this order and we're terrible at importing. And yeah. the boat sank with the product because I went with a factory I didn't know. Yeah. Right? Like, that's so stupid. True. So, random question. Back to the emotion part. If right sleeves and interjection, what interjection are they? So, let me, let me, let me, back, let me tell you a little story. All right. All right. We're, for 25 years, I was with, with a wonderful company, and I was 15 years as a CEO, and we did company stores. That was our unique value proposition, right? Um, but the epiphany came, came to me when we had a six-figure program that we sold to an insurance company, and I was walking the halls at the headquarters one day, and the vice president of marketing said, you have got to talk to you. And it was a year after we launched their program, and I said, yes, ma'am. She said, it's, it's Catherine calling. You better I, answer that. that no, you better. I, it would be funny if we answered it right now. Be awesome. Yeah, yeah, you do, you do that. Yeah. Um, and I'm 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 walk up to her. I say yes, ma'am, and she says, "Keep uh, it's a company store, right? Promotional products, apparel." And she said, um, "You have no idea how, how much easier you have made life for me and my team." It was like this amazing moment for me because I thought we were in that hard goods and apparel space. We weren't at all. We were in the business of making people's lives easier. And what she said to me was. Phew, you know what I mean? And, and so I have encouraged businesses since then to look for the emotion, look for the interjection so that you can chase what it is that you do for customers. I'm going to answer the right sleeve question because I think what right sleeve does when you get swag from right sleeve is cool. Right? Yeah, well, and, and, and I think to be clear, like, I, I'm not suggesting that we're any better than any other distributor, but I think that what we've tried to do is hone in on that market that values that kind of product. Right. Uh, right. Believe me, we are very wrong as a distributor for a great number of clients. Sure, sure. So, but when we nail it, we nail it. Right, right. Um, so I, I, I would agree with that. So thank you. <laughs> so I was right. Yeah. You didn't use the word, I was, you didn't use the phrase, I was right. Um, I, I don't want to get that on tape. Okay. That'll All be right. trouble. All right. <laughs> What's the easiest way for me to determine... I'm, I'm in business. I've been in business for a year or two. I'm taking business I like, or I'm just taking any business I can get, I can get right, to keep the doors open. Okay. How do I determine what my value proposition is? 
Is that, is that an emotion? Is that a feeling? Is that truly looking at the numbers? Is it scaling? Um, is, is it you know, taking, taking my clients and evaluating them in terms of what they're wanting? What would be my next steps to try and peel that back? Probably all of the above, but if you're just starting out, I think that if, if, if I was to give one answer to that, mm -hmm. it's does the product that you're selling and the client that you've sold it to align with your passions, right? So if you're uh, Ted Church, okay, mm -hmm. right. uh, founder of Anthem Branding or co-founder of Anthem Branding, was speaking at SKUCon uh, on Sunday. Brilliant presentation on how he had built Anthem Branding, which is a design-forward promotional agency in Boulder. And what he said, it, that the magic for him was following his passions and uh, finding clients uh, that would purchase the products that he himself would wear and use. Yeah. So Great. he was into action sports. He yeah. was into the outdoors world. Yeah. And he was into music. Yeah. So as a result, he had an opinion about the kinds of products that companies in that sector would consume, right? So imagine competing with a guy who is an insider into those markets, and I come waltzing along saying, would you like to buy this stress toy? And right. then not knowing that stress toys are a joke when it comes to some of those markets. Right. Um, that's really exciting. You've got an opinion about those products. You go and find those products as opposed to you uh, having products foisted upon you by a supplier in a catalog where you're then going and selling stuff you don't care about. That's awesome. So th that is, there's a bigger answer behind it, but in the, in the interest of simplicity, does the person that you're selling the product to and the product that you're selling to them align with your passion? It's great. You know, Dana Zezo, our good friend Dana, said to me years ago, he said, you know, I envy distributors because they have this luxury of being able to sell to pretty much who they want to. And I, thought was, I didn't realize that was such a luxury. It's fantastic. We can pivot. Mark, thank you for your time today on this very brief podcast thank that you, we Bobby. had. You have been uh, wonderful, insightful, smart, and I will never say those three words about you again. That's true. Now, why don't we ask one quick question right. of, of the audience, and maybe we'll have to repeat the answer. So I, I had just gone through this presentation, and C.C. Chapman, who I'm quoting here, had said that you either need to educate, inspire, or entertain your audience. Did did we do any of those? Is there a D? None of the above? <laughs> there it was? All right. Okay. Good. Whew. Oh, there we go. All right. Uh, and uh, thanks, Mom. Appreciate that. Okay. Uh, anyways, signing off uh, yeah. from PPI Expo 2017. We've had a wonderful crowd. And thank right. you, Bobby. Thank you, guys. Woo! That's a wrap. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of SKUcast. Be sure to keep up with our latest content by subscribing to SKUcast on iTunes or to our blog at community.commonskew.com. Until next time, friends, thanks so much for listening. Thank you.